We want to know what our elders think and what their lessons are learned uh, through their life. So stick around today. You're going to enjoy this conversation. And we're going to have with a very special guest today, right here on Will and Danielle, Kingdom Voices. Hey, Danielle. Hello. How's everybody? Good. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Danielle got rid of me. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm I'm here uh, in my hometown in Texas. We're doing this recording. Y'all, please forgive us that that we missed last week's. I was traveling, and it was a bit difficult, and we just had a lot of stuff going on before we left. So, But... Now, so if this recording sounds weird, it's because Daniel's uh, on a device. Far, far away. Far, far away. <laughs> it's not our normal microphone setup, right? Right, correct. So, but, uh, so how have you been doing over there? You been staying out of trouble? I'm doing good. Yeah, you want to introduce our guest? I've been doing pretty good. I've been enjoying my time here. You want to in- introduce our, des- our guest today? Sure, sure. I would like to introduce my favorite mother-in-law. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> okay. Lita Aldridge. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Good, Hi, Mom. Good morning, Danielle and, and William. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> We're glad that you're here with us. Yes. This is your our first guest. Welcome. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank you. That's That's a privilege. Yeah. We're excited yes. to have you. Yes, we are. So now get down nitty gritty. Get down, get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so, in this conversation, um, I asked Danielle for some questions and some thoughts that we kind of would want to cover. And um, really, the topic here is more about and and you and I have had this conversation, right, Mom, about the about elders in right. the church and what can my generation, Danielle's generation, do. To respect y'all. And so with, with that in, in mind, I actually came across the scripture that's uh, in First Timothy 5, verses 1 through 2. And the Bible says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. And then it goes on, and it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't ignore what uh, the, the women, because in verse uh, 2, it says, The elder women as mothers the younger as sisters with all purity. Right. And that's kind of where I think that some of some of the people in my generation are missing it. It's like, well, it's my turn to step up, right? Um, and so before we kind of get into all of that, we kind of want to talk about the first thing, right, uh, Danielle? So why don't you go ahead and, and I'm going to let you take over for a little bit here talking to mom. Okay. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Um, I know, knowing you so long, you're so full of wisdom, and I, <clears throat> I, I draw back to when I first kind of met you, back in '97 or '98, 1998, I believe. And um, I always thought you, your dy- the dynamics of how you guys lived was so interesting to me. <laughs> Because I didn't really, you know, understand it, but I was just really intrigued by it. And I remember, I don't, you probably don't remember, but I remember um, 
because maybe it made an impact on me, but I remember sitting in your backyard with you kind of maybe a few days after we met and talking to you about Jesus because I didn't really know Jesus. So um, I just, I don't remember exactly everything you said to me, but I just remember you answered my questions. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I... <laughs> so if you could just like, tell our audience a little bit about your background on your church history. Like, did you grow up in this? Yes. Now you got a lot of years to cover, but we don't have as many minutes as you have years. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yes. Where it all started. My mother uh, came into Pentecost and got the Holy Ghost while she actually was carrying me. And uh, my dad was baptized when I was a tiny baby. So I've known nothing but the church. Um, there was a period of about eight months right after my husband and I married and we moved to New Mexico that there was not a church in my hometown. And um, my husband, we only had one vehicle and he had to have that and even had to work on Sunday and had to have the vehicle. So there was a period of about eight months that I wasn't consistent in going to church. I did go when he would go with me and carry me, but I was used to going every time the doors open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any time there was a special service. There was no question. Uh, mother didn't ask, do you want to go to church today? It was just we knew what day it was and to get up and get ready. Which now it's become more of a choice. Like well, People are just like choosing. Well, now it's just... It's not something they feel like they have to do, right? Where you kind of did because it was just something you grew up with. Right. Didn't Never even thought about, I wouldn't go to church today. You just, on Sunday, you went to church twice. And, and you did on Wednesday. And Friday nights were uh, special services a lot of times. And you didn't even miss a, a night of, you had a revival. You went every night. We don't even have revivals like that anymore. I know. Week I, long, two week long, whatever, right? Two week or three weeks. Yeah. We don't we don't see that anymore. No. No. But uh that there was just that few months there and then we moved to Odessa and of course there was a nice church there, a good church there. And then moved from there to Dallas and under brother uh Hush and I've never not gone to church. That's just been part of my life. And then at right. some point, you actually, um, you and Dad, uh, he got the Holy Ghost, was born again, um, baptized in Jesus' name. Right. I'm not going to preach. <laughs> <laughs> ended up becoming an evangelist for some First, years. yes. And then ended up uh, becoming a pastor here locally uh, in, in, in Texas. And so... Um, and that's kind of where you are now. Uh, Dad has passed on, um, but it hasn't stopped your ministry. Well, I think my job is as much of a ministry as anything because I deal with people that are hurting because they've lost a loved one because I work in a funeral home. Yeah. And there have been multiple times that women that have lost their husbands when they would come in the door, that almost their first words is, you know how I feel. Yeah, and Danielle, that's not something that you even think about today, right? You don't even, that doesn't even cross your mind. Like, how do I, 
how do I cross that 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 chasm, right? Let's put it like that, because it's it's huge. You bet it is. It's huge. Yeah. It's life changing. Mm-hmm. Totally. No, you have to find like. Are we talking about uh, Ray being gone? Is that yeah. What you guys are talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a, a, um, the older lady in, in our church that yesterday when I was at church, she said, "You know, how are you doing without William?" And I said, oh, "I miss having somebody around." And um, she's like, "Yeah, because you know her husband died what five years ago." Something like that. She's yeah. like, you know, yeah. She's that people don't realize, you know, when their spouse is gone, that you have to find a new normal. Right. You do. Uh, yeah. She said she thinks back about memories, and she says sometimes some of her memories are fading, which is kind of makes her sad. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. So. Well, it's uh, it's totally a different lifestyle because um, we were used to going to Everett Conference and and yeah. we spent uh, most of the summer in Amarillo off and on with youth camps and camp meetings and, and ladies' retreat and all that stuff. And, of course, when he passed away, that, that was all gone. I didn't, didn't do any traveling or anything. And that well, and you, you, you guys pastored a church, and I can imagine you guys did it for so long that not doing that anymore, which was a big part of your life, is just it's just done. Right. Yeah, it's okay. it's a hard transition. I won't kid you, but you know what? Through it all, through it all, God's been amazing. Jesus. You've yes. seen you've seen one thing after another after another after another. Through all the hard times, Danielle and I started living for God. You know, you saw your grandkids that had never known the Lord, you know, come to know the Lord. Right. Um, Grandkids playing instruments, being in ministry, you know, things like that. And I I can't, I'm not there yet. And should the Lord tarry, Danielle and I will be there if he graces us with that much life. Right. Um, But it... Either way, it's life is always a constant transition, right? Uh, particularly when you're living for God, there's always some level of transition uh, in in new ministries. Seasons. Right. Definitely new seasons. Exactly, and they don't they don't all. How can I put this? Some seasons are, are better than others. That's for sure. More fruit. <laughs> they they bear greater fruit, right? As you go through the season. Yeah. So like so like two years ago, an apple tree that was bearing fruit didn't bear the same amount of fruit if it was well tended to than it would today. Right. Right. And so, but it still has other seasons where there are no fruit, where, you know, the tree is in hibernation and it's, it's strengthening the roots and growing new branches and leaves. So that's, it's always, um, in, in your church history, you've had a lot of transitions, whether it be going from a young lady you know, to a married woman, to a mom, to a an evangelist wife, to a pastor's wife, now to an elder, all right? And and I think the hard thing for some folks is at what point do you get to you get comfortable with being called an elder? Because we you, you used to call other people elders and you look around the room and now 
You're the older. Well, I can remember a time when I thought when you were 50 years old, you might as well get your rocking chair and sit on the front porch. <laughs> but I have changed my mind with that. At 77, I'm still not ready to do that. Um, so, Lena, what is, if you have any, what is uh, the Bible, what book of the Bible has impacted your life the most? Oh, my goodness. Um I love the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I love I love Timothy. I love to read after Timothy and his and Paul. Um, there's such volumes of wealth there. But I think if I had to pick one chapter or one uh, Bible book, mm-hmm. I think it would have to be Psalms mm-hmm. because there is. Uh, in the grieving process with my husband and with my daughter and with the different transitions of life, Mm -hmm. there is such comfort in in Psalms. And you look at David's life, and he wasn't always perfect. And you look at Psalms, and one chapter, he would be singing the praises of the Lord. The next chapter, he'll be down in the dumps and being apologetic, apologetic because he's failed God and being so repentant. There, it's, It just speaks to life. Yeah, it's life-encompassing. Right. Oh, for sure. And, it's so true, because we go, we go up and down like that, too. <laughs> right, sure. And it doesn't matter the age or the season. It's, it's life-encompassing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yes, and have, how about a book outside of the Bible? Is there anything that has really impacted you or just that you would recommend to others? See, like right, have- for right now, like Brother Pew recommended that I read, um, what is it? Stop Worrying and Start Living, right? Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I'm really trying to put that into practice. Now, it's not, a, it's not an apostolic book. It's not, a, it's not necessarily a Christian book, but there's a lot of Christian references. Um, right. But there's so many self-help books out there and so oh, many yeah. testimonial right. books out there. So like what Daniel's asking basically is what book outside of the Bible itself and cookbooks don't count well, <laughs> has now, impacted you the most? I would have to say uh, because where I am in my life, mm-hmm. now my daughter that passed away was in the church and of course you and William R. and Christy and Tim R. So my kids are are um, pretty well rooted and grounded. But I've got yeah. grandchildren that right. my heart hurts for, actually. Mm-hmm. And there was a book that's called Watching the Road that this lady went through uh, watching her daughter become a prodigal. And the three years of her um standing and and praying and interceding for this child and watching her come back um uh, it taught me how more than anything how to pray for her i prayed all my life and and no pinpointing prayers but i guess the scriptures that she used in that book and the watching the lord answer just Every prayer, every promise he gave her, watching it come to fruition, 
was was inspirational. So I guess, of course, a lot of books are, and there's a lot of books that's got lots of points. But from cover to cover, I think it would have to be that one. So that would be the oh. book. <clears throat> Do you have that book, Danielle? Was it called again? Watching the Road. No, so, I don't think I've ever heard that. So we'll have to get that book, and Danielle and I yeah. will read it, and we'll certainly, we're not, we're not gonna test your, what well, you, whether or not it's a legit book or not, right? <laughs> it's in there on the, there. You should read but, it. But the purpose for us to read it, right? And and Danielle and I have been talking about that, and we'll, I think I'm excited to do that, Danielle, to read books and kind of give a quick, you know, discussion about what did we like about it, what did we. What did we not like? What was what was helpful? What was not? But this book is called "Watching the Road," and it is by a woman named Karen Wheaton. Um, and so we'll have to get a hold of that book and take a look at it because we've got yeah, we've got prodigal sure. children. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if that if that is something you think is powerful, then I I certainly want to look into it. Yes. So. And go ahead. Go ahead for the... You're fine. No, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll ask that. I'll, I'll ask the last um, one. Okay. So, uh, what kind of advice would you give to uh, the younger generation when it comes to living for the Lord? Do not neglect your prayer life. Mm, that's a good one. There, a lot of younger people, particularly, they will uh, read their Bible every day. It may not be. A long reading, but they'll to get their daily Bible reading, they will be consistent with reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. But the where you get your depth and where you get your knowledge and your understanding of the Bible of what you read is through prayer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a communication with God, a lot of things tend to be just um, surfaceful. It doesn't go in depth. With what God has for us. So prayer is the most important thing for any Christian. Right. And I was recently, you know, I never really thought of it this way, but I saw, or I don't know if I heard or read that prayer is you, you're you communicating with God and the word is him communicating with you. Right. And sometimes I know like when I first came into the church I you know you see people praying and stuff and I think it's a great like example of prayer but I didn't really know how to pray and it's hard to when you're new in it when you're not when you haven't grown up in it you don't know what relationship with God looks like right you 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 don't really know what you're doing and you feel kind of silly like you're talking to yourself (laughs) you know right yes I do. Uh, prayer is so important, but I think it's important for us to learn what that looks like as well. Like I had read a book um, by I think her name's Priscilla Schreier. It was called uh, "A Fervent Prayer," and I what one thing that really impacted me was about praying is just show up. Like just show up to the appointment. Like if you don't know what to say, the first thing is to just show up. Right. Yes. And go from there, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and yes. one thing that has has increased my prayer time, I guess you would say, uh, 
you know, you you think, well, I've got so much to pray for, but I've got just a few minutes. And so you start praying and then for you know it, you've prayed an hour and you're kind of shocked that you prayed that long. Uh, right. When you read the scripture and something uh, really stands out to you, I have uh, jotted notes down on pieces of paper and I'd lose them and I'd jot things down on a, a notebook and I'd lose them. But through this, uh, the book that I was talking about, she uh, suggested putting them on uh, index, index cards. cards. And with the index cards, you keep them with your Bible and you've got a scripture right there. And then when you start, particularly when it pertains to the prodigal children, uh, you've got scriptures right there. And just reading the scripture it is a prayer to God. Uh, when you're talking about when you want them saved, the Old Testament is full of promises for the prodigal sons. Right. Yeah. And that we, we talked about, you know, the, the contrast between the Old Testament and the New Testament a little bit yesterday, right? Right, yeah. When we typically, people say, well, I'll follow the red letter of Jesus Christ. And, that's, and, and, and so they coincide the whole New Testament as being a part of that. But the whole red letter edition, if you really want to take it that way, there would actually be more red letter in the Old Testament if you really wanted to say that this is coming from God. God, yeah. Right? If you red-lettered everything, nearly the whole Old Testament would be red-lettered. <laughs> he definitely yeah. talked to them. Right. And and so we talked about how the Old Testament is really the root of the entire tree of this whole thing. True. And, and the New Testament are the branches. Jesus said, I am the branch. right? Or you are a branch, yeah. I am the vine. Right. Right. And so we are just coming off from this great big thing of life with, with the Lord involved and in the middle of it all. So I have a question. Oh, another one? Are we gonna are we gonna have five questions? I know. I have a question, <laughs> uh Lita. What um how many index cards do you have? How many have you written? How many index cards? how many written how many I mean, index have cards have you written on? Oh, mercy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've got so many that I can't keep them in my Bible case now. <laughs> is, it, are your, is your stack of index cards thicker than your, your Bible? No, not okay. any thicker, but... Not yet? Not yet. <laughs> and well, some, I'm, a, I'm a witness to your index cards because I believe if a couple of years ago when we came to visit, I remember you... Um, I remember you writing and reading off your index cards. So, yeah. So, what do you do when they actually come true? When they when the the prayers answered? Oh, you praise God like you've never praised Him before. So, what do you do with the index card then? I keep them. Okay. I keep them because they're a reminder of the goodness of God. So, something I I tried to put into practice, and I need to get back on board or on that boat, so to speak, is I took a a little spiral bound notebook and I would write things in there scriptures, and I would you know scriptures or prayers or if somebody said hey can you can you pray I you know I would write their name in there so I, because I like what our bishop said he said a a short a short pencil is better than a long memory right because you can remember well, a lot true. better when it's written down than you can if you just try well, to keep it you know in your head right that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there with a, with a, without a, or that have a photographic memory. I'm not discounting that. 
Uh, Which I don't. I'm not one of those. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. That's why I've got index cards. <laughs> right. So, uh, so kind of going into the last, the last point. Um, the question is, well, let me let me let me predicate it. We have we are living in a time right now, where um, ministers are asked, you know, the elder ministers. Uh, specifically, I'll be honest, men, right, are asked about what would be your greatest advice, you know, to other ministers, younger ministers, and 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 it they we're getting better about asking the pastors' wives. We're getting better, but we're not quite to that that leveling off place, right? Um, but for people like my wife, right, Danielle. And even for me, it's important for me to know, um, as a husband, as a minister, as a as a future pastor, as a future pastor, you know, what would be your greatest piece of advice to other ministers' wives, particularly younger ones? And and I know that when I asked that question when we prepared for this episode, right. You're like, oh, there's so much, right? And and I don't want you to feel like you have to limit that, but we are certainly seeking for the the, the depth of that, right? Because there's so much out there that's cliche. That's true. Um, as far as to the wives, um, you just have to be careful because a wife can make or break their minister husbands. What do you mean by that? Uh, if a wife is critical in front of a congregation of something that her husband did, then that's going to throw a shadow on him. And not that he, that you want the congregation to feel like he's perfect because they know he's human and they know he's not. But still, when you as his helpmate, if you start criticizing him, maybe he went too long, maybe he didn't use the right wordage on something or maybe in recounting something that you and he said, uh, you contradicted it. Tell him that in the, in the privacy of your own home, not in front of other people. Um, or even not to other people, period. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you don't tell them uh, his shortcomings because they can see them. But yet you're supposed to be um, helping him in the ministry, building him up, not tearing him down. Right. Um, so we shouldn't stand up and, and say, hurry up. Yeah, right. I'm hungry. You can point at your watch and say, I'm hungry. Yeah, no, please don't point at your watch when I'm preaching. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, well, this is kind of, Relate when um, he very first, I think probably his first sermon in a church in the northern part of Texas, and uh, he was trying to give an altar call, but everybody was still sitting in their seat, and he was trying to give an altar call, and I had just taken the baby out and had come back in and just slipped in on the back seat, and so I was, he was looking right at me like. But I do, you know, how do I do this? And so I pointed up to try to get him to get people to stand up. Oh, uh-huh. And he looked up and he said, well, my wife's pointing at the clock, so it's time to hush. And he quit. 
He said the amen. So you learn not to even make suggestions. Oh, my goodness. That is funny. So I said, I was trying to tell you to get him to stand up. I wasn't pointing at the clock. I didn't even think about the clock being there. That that is funny. Well, and I and I think too that from a husband's perspective, um, and certainly from uh, just a relationship perspective with Danielle, um, is trying to encourage them to do right instead of just standing idly by, because you can you can do what you're saying and not say anything to anybody. That's kind of being a neutral. Right. But if we want to help our spouse, whether it be husband to the wife or wife to the husband, I think we need to help get them. What is the old saying? Get it into gear. Right. Help them to get into drive and to help kind of help them navigate through whatever it is that they're doing. Well, through encouragement. Being a pastor's wife, you're very busy. You can't. There's no way you can sit down and do nothing. (laughs) It's because yeah. you've got the responsibility of the church, um, how, even even if it's in uh, appointing committees to do something. Yeah. You've still got your place and you've got your role. Well, and I'm I'm, but I'm talking more about the relationship between the husband and the wife, right? Okay. Um, and, and and certainly everything you said is correct. I I do not disagree with that. I'm just wanting to kind of add and and be more focused on. That relationship between the husband and the wife. And yes, while the husband is very busy, the wife is very busy, um, they cannot ignore helping each other, oh, no. right? Oh. And and that is like with Danielle and some of the things that, that she's trying to do, we want to, I want to encourage her to take the next step in what she's doing right now, Right. And I know sometimes she thinks that I'm, I'm being forceful and I'm really not trying to be. I'm trying to encourage her. Hey, come on, you can do this. You can take this next step, right? You, you don't see what I see. Yeah. You don't see in you what I see in you and, and vice versa. Right. And so I, as a husband need to hear that from her, you know, William, you don't see in yourself what I see in you. Well, just being a cheerleader. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. That's taken the, the, the short way to a long answer. <laughs> Being a cheerleader. Right. Well, you are, but you are that in life, whether you're you a minister, whether you're a minister or not. Yeah, you or should a be. Pastor or not. Yeah. You you should be. That's just a relationship between a husband and a wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you coming on, taking time out to Share your wisdom with us. Yeah. I don't. And I'm so thankful that I have you in my life because I really look up to you. Well, that's sweet. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> love you. Yeah, I love you. It's it's easy to be kind and sweet and nice to somebody that's kind and sweet and nice. So it didn't take a lot on my part. <laughs> but to the, the, old cliche, the old cliche of the mother-in-law's, you know, I try not to fit that mold. I know sometimes I might do it being a bossy, grumpy old mother-in-law, but I don't. Will, I don't William can tell you that that I, I've never even, at the worst parts, tried to badmouth any of my um, ex-son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws. She'll have a good relationship with my daughter's ex-husband. 
Well, you don't have any ex-daughter-in-laws. Yeah. I don't have any ex-daughter-in-laws, but I only have the one. But there was a time that it, it looked you've got possible. got a son I don't know about. <laughs> well, you can't even tell what I've got. Oh, no. Well, we certainly no, appreciate you being I here didn't. with us today mm-hmm. and being on this episode. I know, and and I pray, we're, we're hoping, which, by the way, for those of you that are listening, thank you. We will read off... Um, some of the comments that we've received on the podcast and and I've sent them to Danielle. She doesn't really get involved with looking at that stuff, the analytics. That's more my thing. And I let her know. How does that make you feel when I bring it up? Me? You better make it the right answer. (laughs) You're people are listening. How does it make make me feel? Yes. I I just said, oh, okay. Like, I don't... You don't feel blessed? No, I mean, I do feel blessed, but okay. I, I guess I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for God, not myself, so. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's it's helpful to know I the just, impact. It is. I mean, of course I want people to be impacted, but I guess I don't want to dwell on it, and I don't want to, uh, I just don't want that to be what I'm all about doing yeah. this for. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not, we're not going to read them off today. But I've got some some comments from some folks both uh, on the podcast. Which, by the way, if you if you want to be introduced on this podcast, leave us a five star review. Let us know what you think about the podcast. But I got a comment the other day or yesterday from somebody, and I will share that with you, my dear wife, on the next episode. Um, but who's it from? It's, it's from a, a general a gentleman here locally. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Um, Good. But uh, so I'm just going to say this, Mom. This is part one of a however many part series that we have to have you bless us on this on this uh-huh. podcast. Because I think that there's so much more wisdom that, you know, your thousand years of aging. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Let's 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 drop that down about nine hundred and thirty. I'm trying to give you some extra experience. <laughs> okay. No, but really, there's there's so much more that I believe that you have to offer that sits in the in the confines of this house at this table in this small town that I think that that you don't realize the power that it has that people need to hear. And so we're looking forward to more conversations with you in the near yes. future. And uh, we just thank you again for being here with us. It was my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here with us today. We love you. We are praying for you. and, And we do, like Danielle says every time, be blessed. Let God guide you. Let God lead you today. In Jesus' name.